Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is John, and you're listening to the next episode of the Tech Marketing Podcast, the show that helps you navigate the exciting and fast-moving world of B2B technology. Today in the booth, we have part two of our paid social recording with Alex Tanner and Debbie Clark. If you missed part one, we really recommend you go and give it a listen in your favorite podcasting app. But right now, we're going to jump straight back into the conversation with Alex and Debbie about the value partnership you need to create with your audience. But I think you've raised a really, really fascinating point that I'd like to drive into there, Alex, which is this value partnership piece that we're talking now. You know, B2B brands should now consider themselves as publishers. And so have you seen a shift and I'm going to try not to butcher this question to bear with me. Like, have you seen a shift away from here's an ad, it takes them to a lead gen form or it uses the LinkedIn lead gen product as an example towards here's an ad that takes them directly to a piece of content they're going to find valuable. And then the call to action is softer as part of that journey. Like, are, are we starting to see a shift where we are making things ungated by default? We are uh, trying to provide value to build that trust before we go and ask for their details. Like, you know, it, it, is that a fair question? Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely seen it with my clients. Often it is um, an education piece for their wider teams and wider businesses mm-hmm. because, you know, everyone, or they, they just think I only want leads. So obviously I should only invest in lead gen. But actually we're trying to, you know, arm our clients with the the knowledge and the tools they need to explain to people that actually, you know, there's, only so many people at the bottom of the funnel and if you're not bringing people in at the top at some point your your activity is going to get less efficient so um, we are on on my clients we're definitely bringing in that layer of more kind of brand building awareness and traffic driving activity um, Mm -hmm. where like you say we're leading people to interesting content that allows them to get a better picture of who that brand is what do they do why might it be useful for Mm -hmm. me and then from that, you retarget with the more conversion messaging. And this is really what, you know, all brands should be aiming to do. Like even e-com brands do this. Like people think yeah. performance marketing, it's just sales. But actually, when you start to talk to an e-com marketer, you know, they say, we've got our video layer. Then we retarget based off video views. We drive people who've watched the video to the website. Then we retarget those people with the conversion ads. Um, so this isn't something that's only relevant for B2B or, you know, it's it's across the board. This is basic psychology and um, just, yeah, we need to make sure we're really trying to drive warmer leads for them to be successful. And, and this is the, the, I mean, this is the stat that we're, we've quoted on this podcast before. This is the whole, you know, 95% of your audience, I think this is actually a LinkedIn study, isn't it? Yeah. 95% of your audience aren't in market. You know, you're really only trying to target that 5%. Um, and so, you know, you need that mix of brand awareness of val- uh, uh, creating the value partnership before you're ready to, to convert them. Like, what would you say, um, I'm, we've debated this many, many times, but what would you say the ideal mix, if, you know, if someone comes to us and says, I want to run a lead generation campaign and let's, let's say they, they want it to be mainly demand gen. What is that? What, what is the ideal mix between awareness and demand gen conversion ads? Like, how would you break those two down? So the general stat for B2C is um, 60% brand, 40% conversion. Um, for B2B, it's recommended more of a 50-50 split. Uh, so a bit more towards the you know, activation, conversion yep. activity. Uh, obviously, we see, you know, it's not going to change overnight for a client who's doing 100% conversion activity. And, you know, you need to run some tests and prove mm-hmm. the value of running brand. But then, like we said as well, it's also 
you, the more you commit, the better results you're going to get. And actually to see things like a shift in brand awareness, you do need quite a significant investment. Uh, so that's the kind of challenge we have to and our clients have to face is how do we justify this budget when, you know, we don't know necessarily exactly how much it's going to improve your conversion rates by or how long it's going to take for that to happen. Or like brand yeah. building is something that happens over years. It's not over a two week campaign. Um, yeah. But there's, yeah, you know, heaps of studies and yeah, like you say, LinkedIn are always pushing out a lot of um, data to back this up. So I, I see that uh, mindset starting to shift around this. And I think that's really positive for our industry. It means we can do more interesting work and we can ultimately have more impact. So I think the stat that I've seen, um, seen you got seen your team quote on this is it what's it, 85% of conversions happen after three impressions, like you've got to take them on that journey. And I think this is, this is the most fascinating piece for me at the moment, because it seems so obvious when you state it, but I just, I, I think we're, we're quite often missing this mindset when we're approaching a campaign, which is, you know, you need to understand that the the journey that our audience are going through, Debbie, you mentioned 43% of B2B buyers now don't want to engage with a salesperson at all, which is a stat that I pretty much quote on a daily basis. Now, I think the the, the other one I've come across is 87% of B2B buyers now perform their own research as, as well. Like, you know, a huge, you know, basically you should assume that everyone's performing their own research. And so the, the bit that, we need to start, you know, taking taking our B two B minds on is that that buyer journey isn't a case of getting to conversion as quickly as possible because following up following them up with a phone call is just going to frustrate them. It's about understanding where they are in that process, mapping our um, our advertising, mapping our paid social, mapping our messaging against each of those stages. You know, un- from understanding the problem, evaluating the solutions, you know, helping them define their criteria to evaluate um uh, the different products and it's only when they're coming to that action-based um uh, that's probably the wrong term but that that kind of okay i'm ready to engage now that's the final five percent people thinking about the buyer's mindset and and aligning some of the marketing goals against it or i think you know the point the point you just made there around most of our you know a lot of our clients come from sales driven organizations they are just being driven to deliver mqls you know deliver mqls get them across you, you know that very typical funnel that we've seen for the last ten years, but I, I, guess, I guess are you starting to see a shift towards towards these newer models? Yes and no. Most of I think most of our clients are still stuck in this um, very linear model of how do we get the leads, give them mm-hmm. to the salespeople, get them to call, and it's um, really difficult to shift away from that. Mm-hmm. We're currently running a campaign for a client, um, and we're in the middle of it of a of the campaign, so I can't mention too much detail here but um it's a very niche market it's a, a a very small audience but what we've done is we've taken all of the messaging that we've used um we've taken the assets that we've used and we've really tailored it directly to what these people need um our targeting is really yep. really tight and and so what's happening is we are happening to get duplicate leads over um through different media partners but what that shows us is that actually these leads that are coming through, there are people who are really researching the stuff. They're right the way down at the bottom yeah. of the funnel. And we can actually hand them over to, awesome. to the sales team. And we're about halfway through the campaign. And, um, you, you know, we're tracking exactly how we're expected 
to be tracking in terms of leads, opportunities, you know, M12, SQLs, things like that. We're just talking about that's the value partnership, isn't it, Debbie? That's like creating that 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 value value between the two, the brand and the customer, isn't it? It, it is. And it's it's also understanding that um, targeting with the correct messaging at, um, you know, to these people who are doing this research. We know that they're in that um, frame of mind where they're, they're ready to make purchases. And we're, we're adding on layering questions. And, you know, are you making a decision immediately? Are you making it within three to six months? Or are you making it in, you know, six to 12 months? And it's then mm-hmm. also looking at that piece. And it's not that all leads are bad. Certainly, lots of people will give over their details for information, but it's then like you were saying, okay, we've got that lead. You, you, let's face it, sales teams are going to try to call these people no matter, you know, what we say, I think for, for <laughs> a, a, a long time still, but it's making sure that then that lead is um, not lost. You know, you've paid money for it, right? You, you yeah. own that lead, use it to your best ability. So <laughs> listen to what, what people are saying, you know, look at the results and um, how things are changing put that lead through nurture, put that lead through different kinds of retargeting strategies. You know they're not going to buy for 12 months, so don't put them through retargeting, pushing them to demos, pushing them to speak to people. Put them through retargeting that says, oh, you know, we know that you're a a CFO of a um, finance-type company. Here is, um, you know, here are 10 points that will help you in your day-to-day you know, right now, like, you know, coming out of all potential, like going into a recession, like, you know, how can you help your business and keep giving them those bits of information that will support them for the next 12 months and then have your marketing automation set up to say, oh, hang on, this person said that they might be looking, you know, for for this piece of of, um, software now and then start pushing them down the funnel again. So it's it's all about um, using the leads that you are are generating but it's those 95 percent of leads that aren't going to buy anything now you're not going to make them buy something if they don't want it but how do you use what you've already bought to then help influence you in the future influence you in the future yeah one of the biggest shifts and this sounds like such an obvious one is like moving away from the value of the interaction towards the stage in the buyer journey i think that's something forrester came out with a, a year or so ago it's you know making that 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 shift from well they've signed up a form so they must be pretty interested to actually well they've signed a form up but it was for a piece of content that was only early on in the in the journey so what nurture fun what nurture program do we need to put them in what ad do we need to show them next um so we we've but we've dived into we've dived into a whole minefield there that we could talk about for another hour let's bring us back to kind of paid social for a moment like what we've you know we've been talking a lot from the together perspective you know, is is CPC still, still relevant as an example? So what kind of, you know, if I was designing a paid social campaign now, if I had, I had the board um, on board with marketing being first, like this needs to be a marketing led campaign, like what kind of KPIs would you recommend we track? So again, it depends on the objective of the campaign. So if you're doing an awareness campaign, um, things like you know, reach or percentage of accounts reached um, is very relevant. Um, also tracking things like frequency. So seeing have we reached those people enough times for them to have seen the mm-hmm. message mm-hmm. and actually digested it. Um, if it's more of a consideration campaign, you might then be tracking website traffic, uh, but actually hopefully site lands and um, matching the website data back to the, the media data. Uh, for something like that, you would look at CPC because obviously it's still relevant. Um, yeah. CPC alongside cost per site land, thinking 
you know, how, how efficiently are we driving all the different targeting strands, driving people onto the site. And then for things with conversion campaigns, um, you know, things like cost per lead and mm-hmm. lead gen form completion rate is also a really interesting one to look at. So mm-hmm. like on a lot of our campaigns, we see you know, click through rates really strong. So people are opening the lead gen form, but actually the lead form completion rate is very low. So once they get onto that stage where they realize, oh, no, I have to give up my data, they're moving away. And that would be a sign to us that, you know, perhaps a bit more awareness mm-hmm. and education is needed before we start delivering these people the the lead gen ads. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, again, it's, it's not a clear cut rule and it really depends on what, what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would always say, like, steer away from vanity metrics. So all of those are definitely steering away from from like pure numbers. And I do see some clients just say, hey, we just need this number of leads. And I, I think that's yes, that might be a short term way to make sure they're filling the funnel enough. But I, I think you're exactly right. Like those engagement stats those what's our percentage conversion is important to manage because you could be throwing an awful lot of what you could be having a huge amount of wasted to generate those leads when just some optimization of your messaging of your of your proposition could make a huge difference exactly and D- where possible we always try and um, work alongside our clients own data sources as well so mm-hmm. if there are leads involved we ideally work with them on you know, seeing which of those leads then went on to become opportunities, which ones delivered pipeline. And ideally, you'd track that back, you know, by channel, maybe even by targeting strategy. Um, You know, there's different levels of granularity you can get into there. But really, um, tying it back to real life metrics is is really important for us, because at the end of the day, something might be driving a high click through rate, but actually, the leads that it's delivering aren't useful at all. So we always try which and ties, bring in that data piece as much as we can. Which ties us back to like some element of attribution, which has always been a challenge with B2B, but yeah. most importantly, revenue. Like we're in this, we, we've talked about this uh, before on the podcast, but you know, we're in this new era where we're moving away or we should be moving away from pure leads and looking at it instead through a, a, a pipeline and revenue lens that says, well, you know, we, we could have driven less leads, but they could be higher value as an example. Um, so I completely agree. Like I, I actually think integration with CRM, with first party data sources, something we haven't actually touched on today's podcast is absolutely critical to success in, in, in paid social. Like you've got to have, if, if you're just, if we're just throwing leads at a wall and hoping for sales to accept them, I think that's a, a very, uh, it's a very 2010 way of running a campaign. And instead, you, you know, we really need to integrate those data sources. Um, don't we, Alex? For sure. Yep. But like you say, that's probably a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can dive into that. Like, I mean, we, we it's fascinating. Um, yeah. And it, I could spend a long time diving into it. So just we are coming up to the end of our podcast now. Like just what, like, if we were to give our listeners three, let's say three key takeaways each, if we can. Um, like Debbie, what would be the three key, three takeaways that you would you would give our listeners for this podcast? Gosh, only three. Um, I would, I would <laughs> say invest. <laughs> I would say invest in video. I would say invest in ungated good content, and I would mm-hmm. say invest in um, trying to reach all parts of the funnel. So don't have a a, a narrow approach. Spread out your your targeting and your approach to you know, to target everyone. I'll, I'll do three key takeaways as in when you're at the stage where you're thinking about planning a social campaign. Yep. Uh, number one, think about your objective. You know, everything I've said in this podcast is it depends on your objective. So 
really have that discussion with your stakeholders um, to all agree on what do we want to get out of this? Because then that means when you do have those results come in, you know, you don't get asked, well, why are we not delivering leads? And it, But actually it was an awareness campaign. Uh, so number one, decide your objective and get everyone to agree on it. Um, number two, assess what content you have available, um, what's already there that you can work with. Do you have, um, yeah, do you need to build anything new? Uh, because again, this is going to determine what formats you want to run, what platforms you want to run on. Um, so that's really an important part at the beginning as well. And then I'd say as well, research your competitors. So on LinkedIn is a really nice thing that anyone can do, which is when you go onto a company's page, you can look at their posts and then click ads and you can see straight away what ads that company's running from that page. So anyone can do this, even if you're a really small emerging business, you can go and immediately see, mm -hmm. okay, my competitors are running you know, a mix of video case studies, they're running lead gen ads, and you can kind of determine from what the ads look like, who they might be trying to reach, who they might be targeting. Um, so those are my free takeaways of if you're thinking about diving into paid social and you don't really know where to start, um, those are the points I'd think about first. Uh, those are some fantastic tips. I think for, for me, the bit, that's, and this is, this is just showing you how much of a magpie I am, right? So I love shiny things. Like we've talked about emotion and creativity a lot through today's podcast, haven't we? So have a great creative agency. You know, there just happens to be one on this podcast. Um, understand your audience, which I think both of you have just mentioned. And I'd, I'd love this point, actually, Debbie, you made. Like, don't ignore some of those new platforms. But Alex, your point, get your brilliant basics done first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a rapidly moving space. Like, I, TikTok is a relatively new a new platform. Reddit has only been advertising, you know, using ads for a handful of a while that each of them are always adding new formats so like you've got to if you can stay ahead of them you can make your ads stand out in new and interesting ways but you've got to get the basics right first you've got to get the targeting right you've got to get the objective so mm -hmm. some fantastic tips there um so thank you fellow listeners for joining myself on today's incredible journey through uh paid social um you know, if anything has piqued your interest today, be sure to check out our blog and our other episodes. Just search for Together, that's Together with a W, in your favourite search engine and we'll be right at the top. And of course, remember to subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Um, and Harry and I will see you on the next episode in two weeks. But thank you, Alex, and thank you, Debbie, for joining me on today's podcast. It's been such a pleasure. Good to be here. Yeah.